0: Welcome to Required Listening. I'm Scott Goldman, the Executive Director of the Grammy Museum. Each week in the Clive Davis Theatre, I have the privilege of talking to great artists about their careers, their inspirations, what motivates them to make great music. And that's what we're bringing you on Required Listening. On today's show, if you happen to be anywhere near a radio last summer you could not avoid the song, Despacito. The Luis Fonsi, Daddy Yankee, Justin Bieber smash would top the Billboard Hot 100 and ultimately secure a Grammy nomination for song of the year. Now what goes into making a great song like Despacito? Now you probably know it when you hear it, but what's the process? On today's show, I'll talk to Erica Ender. A co writer on Despacito and one of the most prolific songwriters composing in the Latin market today. Born in Panama to a Panamanian American father and Brazilian mother, she grew up in a multicultural and get this, trilingual home. Certainly an advantage when you're writing songs in Spanish, Portuguese, and English. And as a singer, In her own right, she's released five albums and her musical versatility, her ability to go between cultures and languages has made it possible for such stars as Daddy Yankee, Luis Fonsi, Gloria, Trevi, Cheyenne, and many others to interpret her songs. Now, this is a special episode in that Erica and I sat down during Grammy week, in fact, just a couple days before the Grammy telecast. So you can imagine the excitement that she was experiencing being a Song of the Year nominee. So let's listen to my conversation with Erica Ender. Okay, well, we're here at the YouTube space in New York, ahead of the 60th annual Grammy Awards. And I'm so pleased to be with Song of the Year nominee oh, erica ender
1: thank you thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for, being for having here. me oh, i'm super happy it's, to it's meet my you. it's my
0: pleasure <laughs> and um what do you what do you think when you hear someone say song of the year nominee
1: amazing that dreams do come true you know i came here 20 years ago from panama i grew up in a very musical family and a very a, a multicultural family let's say it like that full of music. And my dream was to be an artist, an international artist and a songwriter as well, a composer. And um, I came in with my dreams, you know, and now uh, being able to do this crossover as a songwriter in Spanish is even more incredible than whatever I dreamt about. So it's, it's a confirmation that dreams do come true and that you have to do your best throughout the whole path in order to, you know, have this rewardings from from heaven because I see it like that. <laughs> well, and,
0: and it, it certainly didn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the result of lots of hard work.
1: A 25, year 25 years. 25
0: years. Um, uh, tell me, because I want to talk about the song. Yeah. And then we'll talk about, you know, your career and the other things that you're doing. Sure. But tell me when you first met Luis Fonsi. How long have you known
1: him? Uh, at least 10 years. Uh-huh. We've been friends for a long time. He, he has recorded songs that we have written together. Yes. And we have a great relationship. I love him uh, so much and his wife and the whole family Mm. he's a he's a gentleman he's an amazing warrior and he's super talented Mm. tell tell me tell
0: me what that means to you what does warrior mean to you he's
1: a warrior because he knows what he wants and he fights for it Mm -hmm. and he'd been a long long time as well so this is a big reward for him too for his whole career he has had I mean, a lot of achievements throughout his career, mm-hmm. but this song opened the world to all of us. Yes, so he deserves
0: and, it. And really, it's remarkable. And I want to ask you about this: that that you know, here we have a song in Spanish, yeah, huge smash on the radio, yeah. now nominated uh, for a Grammy Award. Is it your sense that that Latin music is uh, there, there's more acceptance? Of Latin music in the I mainstream. I think so.
1: I think so, and I'm so happy to see that. Um, I can't. Um, we can't get all the credit because before us, there are several things that happened. Gloria Estefan, for example, she's Latin and she did an amazing job mm-hmm. with Latin rhythms and everything. Ricky Martin as well. Macarena made it throughout the world as well. But the difference between Gloria and Ricky and Shakira is that usually we Latin people, we were looking for the crossover but always you know writing in in English that was the main goal mm. to write in English something that would work and in this case the song is in Spanish and it broke every single record it's been the longest number 1 tied up with Maria Carey's one sweet day on billboard
0: yeah the hot 100 yes yeah the
1: hot 100 yeah. and everything that happened in Spanish i think that it it has something special that did open a door we're now in a different world. We have everything in the palm of our hands and we can listen to whatever we want in any language we want. So I think it's amazing that finally the mainstream opened with this pasito, And now, for example, Luis Fonsi is singing another song in Spanish with Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. So I think it's amazing. And I think that we're in a world that should have less boundaries, you know, and that should share more art and more love. And I, I, I'm really happy to be part of this moment.
0: Well, it time. certainly, I mean, it certainly speaks to making connections yeah. among people that I that, that I don't think existed mm-hmm. before. But I I, I want to talk about the writing of the song. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think Fonse had An the, idea. The, the initial yeah. idea. Tell, the tell me the genius
1: idea. Yeah, well yeah. well tell
0: tell me about that conversation. Yeah I went to
1: his house. I was living in LA back mm-hmm. in the time. Mm-hmm. It was two years ago, September fifteenth, twenty fifteen.
0: 2015. We know the date. September
1: fifteenth wow. twenty fifteen. 2015. I remember because we did a a, a Facebook live at that moment, we were so happy while doing the song that I was like, oh my God, we have to build something. And then we did this Facebook Live saying we got a hit here, but we never thought that it, this would become the snowball, the endless snowball that it became. So uh, we started just you know, looking for ideas and things. I brought him some uh, tracks that I had. And then he goes like, you know what? None of this is you know, getting my attention as, as much as this idea that I had this morning. Mm. And he sings to me, despacito. That he brought that. And he tells me, vamos a hacerlo en una playa en Puerto Rico. And I answered, hasta que las olas griten y bendito. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you don't know what that means. No, I have but, no idea. Puerto Ricans do. So um, the thing is that we started laughing out of that. And he had an idea of what he wanted for the chorus, but we changed some notes because it was too low uh, and a different phrasing. But at least, I mean, it was the perfect material for us to... Right mm. ahead, mm. out of that. And I thought it was genius. I thought it was genius. So then, out of that, we started doing everything from scratch, looking for the whole concept, trying to do something that would take him out of his comfort zone. I mean, people... How, how, do, how do you, do, from how do, the you audience, do that? From the audience yeah, angle. Yeah. Yeah. Because he used to be a pop singer, a ballad singer, mm. and this would take him out of that, looking for some urban fusions, which is what's going on right now. Sure. So, but keeping his essence, you know, and he's such a versatile um, artist. So I think that it was perfect for him. He dances, he sings, whatever you can give him, uh, whatever he wants to to express. And um, I think it was an amazing job we did together with a guitar at his home studio in a very organic way, hmm. um, not thinking of what, what was the outcome, just thinking of, putting the the best we could in something where we were having fun and being as responsible as possible as well. Because this uh, kind of genre could be very aggressive with women. Mm. And he's a very smart guy. He usually writes with women so he can have that angle.
0: Well, I I, I want to talk about that because, um, you know, the song is an interesting mix Mm -hmm. of Fonzie's, you know, sort of pop, Influence, yeah. and then later we we bring Daddy Yankee yes. and Reggaeton into yeah. it, yeah. and those are both. And please don't take this the wrong way. They're these are you know male oriented perspectives, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, you know, how did you bring you know, or make sure that the female perspective was being careful addressed. with the lyrics? Uh-huh.
1: There's poetry there. There's elegance. Mm. There's there's a very classy way of saying things that could connect right away with people, but at the same time, it has art. Mm. It, it is a song that has art and that could fit any genre. Mm. I sing it in a very acoustic way, as you saw me, and it's from the heart and you can, you know, fall in love with it or you can dance with it or whatever you want to do with it because it, it has that whole thing that makes a song special. To go throughout the world, and Mm. we didn't know that Mm. the moment we were doing it, we had no idea what happened there.
0: But you knew. We're just grateful. Yeah, but you guys, you had a sense you had written a hit.
1: Yeah, because you feel it. You feel it on your skin when you're doing. But normally, when you get together, you feel like you're doing a hit, Mm. (laughs) unless you know the muse is not as it's not flowing as you were expecting. Normally, I mean, when you have this much time on this career, you know when you have a hit in your hands, but you never know how how. Hi, it's gonna yeah. fly. I,
0: I, I mean, we did get a, a completely different perspective on the song mm-hmm. in your performance here yeah. today. A beautiful ballad. Yeah. It, it gives a you know kind of a, a different lens yeah. on the emotion. Exactly. Of, of the song, and when you go out in your own performances, mm-hmm. is that how you'll perform yes. the song? Yes.
1: Normally, I do it like that. Yeah. 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 Does it does more it, like a, a singer songwriter, you know, right. perspective?
0: Right. Does does it connect more for you? singing it that way rather than... It's the way I felt it. Yeah. You
1: know? And I I, I didn't want to do the same thing and I was releasing a CD as well, mm-hmm. a singer-songwriter CD that, that was recently nominated for the Latin Grammys in this past year, 2017. And... Uh, I decided to record the song because my fans were asking me to. Normally, when I write for another artist, I just let them, you know, have their space. And whenever time goes by, I sing the songs that I wrote for them or with them in my concerts or in, in a CD, but like two three years after, you know, and this time was different because Everyone decided to record this pasito, and then my friends were like, "Are you gonna record it or not?" And and since I I sang it and and I uploaded a, a Facebook live as well, singing it live, it became viral, and they they became like, "Okay, are you gonna do it or not?" So I decided to put it as a bonus track, but it's the way I felt it, and with a very acoustic way of of saying things because I really wanted people to focus on the message, mm. not on whatever was going. You know, around there's too much noise nowadays.
0: Yeah. So you've done all manner of co-writing with mm-hmm. with all kinds of artists, not just uh, Louise Fonsi. And there's an art, clearly as you've described it, there's an art to working with another artist mm-hmm. to achieve an artistic goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what is it? What what do you think it is about you uh-huh. that makes you a good collaborator?
1: I think that uh, art is made for sharing, not for competing. Whenever you sit down. Looking for the best thing for the song. It's like having a marriage. Whenever you get married, you're looking for the best thing for your family, for your baby. You know, to me, a song is a baby and I have Mm -hmm. to take care of it. And whomever I'm working with has to have that same frequency, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're doing the best thing we can in order for that baby to shine. So I don't write with ego. Involved. Yep. I write with my heart and I have no filters between my heart and my hands mm-hmm. whenever I'm writing a song. That's
0: great. That's great. So the song, uh, you know, Despacito, you know, recorded, kind of had a, a little life of its own, and then along comes.
1: Daddy Yankee.
0: uh, Well, Daddy Yankee, first. uh, Yeah. First. Fon
1: C has all that credit. After we finished the song with the guitar and everything, I mean, he's, as as I was telling you, he's a warrior, and he's a a guy that is very smart, very clever. He knows what he likes, Mm -hmm. and he knows what he wants. And he was the one who decided to work with the producers the way he wanted the song. And then he decided to call Daddy Yankee, which... I mean his collaboration was genius as mm. well. He did the rap and the pasito pasitos mm-hmm. which is genius as well. And then um like 3 or 4 months went by and suddenly one day he calls me Erica. Justin Bieber wants to record a, sim- a remix of the song. Out of nowhere. And we already had the Portuguese version ready mm. and the English version written. We were looking for collaborations in the Anglo market. Universal was looking for the collaborations. I think they had like two artists in mind. And suddenly Justin Bieber pops in. So he tells me, what do you think? I'm like, are you crazy? Go ahead. I mean, if you're happy with it, I'm more than happy with it. And when he tells me he's going to record it mainly in Spanish, I was like, oh, mm. my God. That's such a blessing because it's going to be a crossover where Latin music gets to be in the place it deserves that, that was a, that, that, and we felt that so that was honored. a big
0: big moment yeah to, to make sure, sure that, that he sung it in spanish so mm-hmm. i'm wondering did he ask did, did he ask for your advice on on the spanish oh. justin
1: no 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 i haven't met him can you believe
0: you haven't met him no
1: no uh, not yet well, we need to arrange this
0: <laughs> somehow yeah right right, away. <laughs> <laughs> right
1: no we're we're working together the same son we, we haven't uh, met uh-huh. yet yeah. yeah.
0: So when you when you finally heard the track with with Justin on it,
1: yeah, I loved it.
0: First thought. First I thought, thought
1: I thought that uh, whatever they added was amazing because it was kind of like a an intro for people to understand what was going on with the rhythm and everything, and mm-hmm. they took him to the to the Latin part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his pronunciation was pretty good. He did an amazing job. Yeah. He didn't have that R sound that normally the the strong that, sound that normally kind of Americans R? have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did an amazing job. Yeah. An amazing yeah. job. Wow. And I think it it, it was, everything flowed, yeah. you know?
0: The, I mean, the results are, are remarkable. So, worldwide radio smash, which makes me think, and I'm interested in, in, when was the first time you heard a song of yours on the radio?
1: Oh, my God. Well, in Panama, when I was really young, I was like 16 years old when I recorded my first CD. Mm. So, in Panama, but I mean, in a bigger picture... Uh, the first thing was a, an English version that I wrote uh, for a smash hit called Apuro Dolor, written by Omar Alfano, which is Panamanian as well. Mm-hmm. So for recorded that, and they sang it at the Grammys as well and everything. So that was the first time, right when I came to the U.S., like uh, almost two years after I got here. And then Candela, which was of my own inspiration, collaborating with another uh, composer, uh, that was the song that let me buy a house uh, car everything and live out of music you know start living out of music because as i told you i came from panama where mm. the platform is
0: pretty different yeah it so was it was hard to there kind were no of find opportunities find you know, your footing to international, like, yeah, yeah yeah and you've talked about the challenges of you know being a young songwriter young female, female. songwriter yeah. um, still uh, yeah, well, still, still, we'll talk. Yeah. Let, 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 let's talk about that and, and yeah. being and being taken seriously.
1: Yeah, well, taken seriously, I think that that's a matter of your attitude. Mm. And I, I always um, try to be as try. No, I, I am as as responsible as possible, as professional as possible. I try to, you know, be as a happy person at the same time, a very social person. But whenever it, it's got to do with work, I deliver. Mm. I always deliver. But when I came to the U.S. at the beginning, when I was knocking doors, I was 22 years old. So pretty young, a girl. Uh, there were no women in this industry, in the Latin music. I mean, there have been several, but in certain moments of time, it's not like, oh, where are the song- the female songwriters? Right. You I'll go hang find with them. Any- no, yeah. no, yeah. you wouldn't find that. Uh, right after that came Claudia Brand, who has made an amazing career as well. Mm. But we were like two three, I mean, that were, you know, like knocking doors around. So I started sending songs for male singers to the a and departments of the label, record labels. Uh, they would call me to say, you know, it's beautiful, but it's too feminine. I was singing the demos mm. and I was sending Erica Ender and the demos. So whenever you really know what your mission is about, I mean, I knew that I was made for this and I would look different ways of getting there. Hmm. So I just decided to go to a different record label, ask for a male singer to sing the songs, (laughs) and I sent it like E-ender.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Suddenly the the song started to get a placement. So Hmm. then I understood, I didn't take it in a bad way because I do believe that anyway, I mean, it's a a men market, Uh, but at the same time, I owe a lot to a lot of men, Hmm. you know? So I didn't see it as a feminist, I saw it like lack of vision. The The industry wasn't ready for women to take those mm-hmm. places. And I said, you know what? I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver. And my talent and my work is the one that is going to open the doors. And as you see, that's what happened. Yeah.
0: For sure. Throughout um, the years. So you have a whole solo career, as you, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, released a, a record, and the name of the record in the May. last one. The last yeah. one, tatuajes, which Ta- means yep. tattoos. You. Right. <laughs> yes. But we were mentioning just before we started. You were talking about these are, you know, kind of the tattoo, the the, the, the internal tattoos, the internal tattoos <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that one that one acquires. Yes, throughout over, life over, no. over time. Mm-hmm. Um, as you look back now. And you're writing songs based on you know kind of experience and wisdom to a certain degree. Have you have you changed as a songwriter?
1: Well, I think we all change as human as humans and as professionals, but the essence remains the same. Mm. I'm, I'm the same child, the same. Little kiddo that is always, you know, connected with the universe and seeing wonders and everything. Uh, You know, the the kids used to have a lot of imagination. And we, the adults, are the the ones that are cutting them Mm. off. So I decided that I wanted to always be that little girl. Hmm. I mean, using every skill that life gives me, understanding from the experiences, and of course, getting, you know, bigger in, in certain ways. But at the same time, I just wanted to keep that girl. So I forgot what you asked me.
0: <laughs> Changing as a songwriter.
1: I, yeah, well, I've changed for sure. But the essence is the same. Yeah. The essence is that inner yeah. child. Yeah. The essence is trying to understand and connect with other people's hearts. Mm. Trying to always find the way of writing my own soundtrack but other people's soundtrack Mm. and understanding the responsibility i have in my hands because you don't get a talent to get millionaire and or or, you know to look for fame there's a purpose a major purpose and you have to find it throughout your life one day through experiences through whatever happens you get to understand that you're here not for yourself, but for others at the mm. same time, mm. and that music is for everyone.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I had, what you're saying is resonates in that I had a fascinating conversation a couple of weeks ago with a guy named Jimmy Iveen. Jimmy Iovine produced and engineered records with John Lennon and Patti Smith um, and Bruce Springsteen, and went on to found Interscope Records. I mean, this guy is one of the most successful people in music. And we were talking about his career, Mm -hmm. and he said the one thing he kept in mind—and this blew me away—the one thing he's kept in mind the entire time is he wants to be of service. Of service to yes. the people that he was working with in the studio, yeah. of service to the artists on his label, to his business partners. Um, I found that just
1: fascinating. You need that. The more I always say to my people, the more I travel, the more I meet people, the more I get to write hmm. because you get to see more stories, more more ways of thinking. Whenever you go from here to I don't know Asia or Europe, you get to understand that the essence is just the same. We're all the same it just changes the, the angle, the way of seeing things. You have the same tongue speaking another language, the same body dancing another rhythm, you know, mm. the same food prepared in a different way. And at the end, we're all the same, you mm. know. Yeah. So it's amazing to understand how people being the same can think in a different way. And whenever you get to understand that and decodify, you know, the, the way of uh, expressing whatever your art you get to connect with people. But whenever you get to understand that, and besides that, beyond that, you understand that the essence is the same, then you get to connect with Mm. the
0: world. Mm. So tell me, um, speaking of the little girl, who were your musical heroes growing up? Oh my God. Who Who did you hear?
1: So many people like you have no idea. We could you, you could we could uh, say names the whole day here because my dad was half American, half Panamanian. So mm. he used to listen to Ned King called Richard Chamberlain. Frank Sinatra was his favorite, for example. And then I used to listen to everything that had to do with Mexico, Puerto Rico, merengue, salsa, jazz, smooth jazz. From my mom's side, she's Brazilian. So imagine Bossa Nova, Samba, everything. So mm. there was a big mix that I am r- really grateful for because it all stood right here in the back of my mind and that's why nowadays the professional you know gets that benefit because mm. I get to go from Spanish to Portuguese to English or from one genre to another without a problem and it has to do with my upbringing yeah so I had a lot of people that I liked like for example and on the Brazilian side, I used to listen to Caetano Veloso, to Gilberto Gil, you know, to mm-hmm. Antonio Carlos Jobim, and then Frank Sinatra on my dad's side. And from Los Panchos to whatever, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, I think they were amazing. They mm. were one of my favorite artists ever. I admired so much yeah. Gloria Estefan for what she did, mm. you know, and, and all down of the that. Walls. And yeah. all
0: of that finds its all way. All of that defines me. Yeah. I yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not from one side. I'm like I'm yeah. open to yeah. I'm open to all the, the way
0: all the way up to Song of the Year nominee mm-hmm. at the 60th Grammy Awards. Erica, thank you so much thank you. for coming and talking with us.
1: Thank you for having me. You bet.
0: <laughs> Songwriters must have a sixth sense. And I love the fact that she and Fonzi knew pretty quickly that they were writing a hit. It's remarkable how When you speak to songwriters, it seems the best songs come so quickly. And I would encourage you to check out Erica as an artist in her own right. Her latest album is called Tatuajas, and you'll find her remarkable acoustic version of Despacito, which completely turns the song on its head. I encourage you to find that and give it a listen. And that's your required listening for today. As always, let's keep the conversation going on all the social platforms at Grammy Museum. If you plan to be in Los Angeles, I hope you'll come visit us. All the information about our exhibits, our programs, and activities are at our website, GrammyMuseum.org. Finally, thanks to the team that makes required listening happen, Jason James, Jim Canelo, Lynn Sheridan, Justin Joseph, Callie Weissman, Miranda Moore, Jason Ho, Kitron Kearns, Chandler Mays, Nick Stump, and everyone at how stuff works. Until next time, I'm Scott Goldman.